Hi, uh, I'm Ricardo Deacon. I'm Orla Pinas. And this is The Recommendation Game. You are listening to Dublin Digital Radio. We are a weekly film podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. And then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is chosen by Orla. It is American Honey from 2016. Directed by Andrea Arnold. Produced by Thomas Bensky, Lars Knudsen, Jay Van Hoy, Lucas Ochoa. Puya Shabanzian and Alice Weinberg. Sorry, and Alice Weinberg. That's the only the fucking one. name, yeah. The Max Weinberg. Don't don't listen to this. Uh, written by Andrea Arnold, starring Sasha Lane, Shia LaBeef, Riley Keogh. Cinematography by Robbie Ryan. Mm. Edited by Joe Beanie. Uh, I, I was like Star, and I was like, oh no, that's the name of the character. It's not like staring. So Star, an adolescent girl from a troubled home runs away with a traveling sales crew that drives across the American Midwest selling subscriptions door-to-door, subscriptions door-to-door, finding her feet in this gang of teenagers, one of them who is Jake. She soon gets into the group's lifestyle of hard partying nights, love-bending days, and young love. Like, did you watch the movie, sir? Did you watch the movie? I suppose, like, that is essentially what happens. Mm, but, synopsis. But is it the essence of the movie, Orla? I think not. I think not. Uh, I'm going to put I my phone in I, silent. Yeah, because... you should do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm not sure what uh, what my prediction is of your uh, impression of the movie after that statement. So, Orla, uh, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> oh, sorry. Why did you pick the movie? <laughs> well, I liked it. Um, <laughs> um, no! <laughs> Uh, I when I first watched this, I watched this last Christmas, and uh, I think last Christmas may possibly be my record for the most movies that I watched. Wait, in this a is given... like the most Christmas movie ever. Oh it's like yeah, the, yeah, this yeah. and Sound of Music um, together. I think I watched this back to back with like Tangerine and something else. But um, uh, yeah, I watched it with a lot of other films, and I was kind of at the time slightly disappointed by it because it it had been one of those movies that was such a like you know breakout movie of the year. I really like Andrea Arnold. And uh, I liked it, but it didn't like blow me away. And I, I don't know if it was I wasn't quite in the forum or if this is something that does require like a second or third watch. Um, but it kind of like sort of always stuck in my mind um, as much of of like the the feeling of of this movie and um, like it it just has this very like the word it's very evocative and it always kind of stuck in my mind. And despite the fact that it's quite long and not really an awful lot happens. I remembered it very, very well. And then whenever, um, uh, it kind of it would pop into my head every so often, like in relation to other movies and like, like it's changed. Like this is obviously a very summer movie and like, you know, it's all very hot and everything. And like during the summer, this summer, I kind of kept thinking about this movie. And uh, and then whenever the Florida Project came out um, and I saw the trailer, I haven't actually seen that movie, but whenever I saw the trailer for it, um, this was the first film I thought of. And I think like, they're comparable in a lot of ways, obviously, but um, I think particularly in the way that they're especially considering that you watch Tangerine as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, actually, Tangerine is another movie that I was then thinking of that then made me think of American Honey, and um, but I think that what all those movies and Tangerine as well kind of have in 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 common is is that there is much about like America and the people and the landscape of America as they are about the particular story, and I mean that sounds horrendously cheesy to be like this is a movie about America but it, it was funny whenever I was watching it this time I actually thought of um uh Scarecrow and uh the, the sort of like the travel the traveling like road movie feeling of that and, and like seeing the kind of other side of America that not necessarily that we don't see but that filmmakers and and like tv shows or whatever are not always able to really capture and the fact that this is the midwest as well and uh, you know doing sort of be able to capture the essence of like the road and and what the real sort of heart of America yeah you know, even more than something like you know the beat poets or Kerouac or whatever was ever ever able to um so I think that this film has a real I, I don't think this is perfect and um like I think to be honest I think Sheila Booth is one of the weaker elements of this and not necessarily his performance um and obviously like at the time and since every time he's brought up it's like this is the movie that saved his career or whatever like I think he's he's good in this but I think his character 
is the one thing that doesn't ring as authentic as a lot of the rest of the film does and that is in the kids it's in the people that that star encounters it's it's the the different strange places that Andrea Arnold has kind of chosen to show like the oil fields and and like all all these strange neighborhoods that they end up in and um you know the motels and everything and it, it and it's it feels it it rings very authentic um not just in the fact that obviously all, I think most of these kids are, are not actors and uh even the people that they encounter in the different situations and everything it has a real feeling of and as far as I know and remember from when this came out um that an awful lot of it was authentic that they were just sort of like random scenes that they captured and they would just stop at the side of the road and you know you know actor to scene or whatever and then an awful lot of what the kids are saying particularly in the van and everything um like i remember robbie ryan because i i saw um uh he gave a talk at the film fla i think in 2016 it was yeah because it wasn't it wasn't just this year gone and uh him talking about how how they you know, how they shot it that most of the time it was just him in the back of the car and they would just drive for hours and hours and hours and they you know the music was the music that the kids were listening to and it was just that they would just play and play and play and record and record and record and all those conversations are very much just these kids hanging out and um i think that what why this movie is authentic and it it has no real feeling of 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 judgment in the way of something or not even not even judgment but in the way of something like harmony corinne with that kind of like crazy mad kids and they're from the wrong side of the tracks and they're all you know like in in something like kids or i think well spring breakers i think is a better movie spring but breakers, spring breakers but um, spring breakers. um <laughs> oh god just thinking of fucking what's his name uh, james um, franco yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> he rivals the shia labeouf for weird haircuts in this movie. um but uh, um he he has a kind of a, a mania and an almost like obsession with these their these kids and their bodies and their like you know and like obsession with the youth and i feel like andre arnold has a much more um not necessarily sympathetic but she she has an interest in in these kids and their lives and their stories and the 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 lives or the portrayal of lives of, of people that like this and and you know the the awe on their faces whenever they drive into Kansas City and seeing these massive buildings and um it's yeah I, I find like a lot of this quite like incredibly um you can't look away from the screen for for a number of reasons one of them I think is um Sasha Lane's face and uh obviously like the camera the camera work and how we're very much w- like with these people all the time and um yeah I just I really I really really, really like this movie and uh, I like Andrea Arnold in general and I thought we'd uh it kind of it does touch on some of this, of the uh, the various themes that we've talked about, and it's been a while I think since we've done a kind of a movie about sort of youth and kind of coming of age and decisions that children like kids make, and uh, there's definitely I think links back to something like Scarecrow. So uh, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> what? No, I just wanted to oh, give the mystery again. He gave a little sort of like <gasps> there. You should have seen his little face. <laughs> Jesus. No, like uh, I really like the movie. I do think that it has its like t- many flaws, but yeah, okay. Uh, I altogether like that. Strangely enough, I didn't have a problem with Charlotte Booth. I think that there was he does a great job of embedding within all these non actors that they oh definitely yeah with. yeah and even with the character don't have such a big problem. Per se is where the character goes. The yeah, that's kind of more what I meant. Really. But not even like in the ending. Whatever the the major issue that I have that I will touch upon later on is that the the movie asks a lot of questions but doesn't answer any of them. But it's not even like that kind of movie that is like exploring the questions. Yeah. So, so I I thought that is a movie that feel wise is very compelling and that's what got me through the two hours and 15 minutes of the movie without like complain whatsoever but also is a movie that i don't think would stay won't sustain uh repeated viewings uh as much as other films yeah even something like fish tank was like something that i could go back to because it's a more cohesive movie yeah and this i think that once the original feeling of watching these characters and not knowing where they're going and what's the next town and what's the next encounter that once that's lost i don't know how much uh 
there is left you know i'll have yeah. to rewatch it it does it um, for me it definitely stood up on a rewatch it absolutely uh, when you say that it's authentic uh, i think that the kids are authentic but the version of america is both seems to be uh like a modern retelling of the lyrics of a Simon Garfunkel song. <laughs> and also it reeks of something that, it, like I'm not saying this is an issue because it's something that I'm hugely interested in. Uh, reeks of movies made precisely that the theme of the movie is about a country when the director is not from that country. Yeah. And uh, when you look at even something like Klanigrad Cowboys, the Aki Karasmaki, or... <laughs> Or uh, more pointedly, <laughs> can't believe you're comparing it to Leonard Cohen. Well, like it does have the traveling of like the Midwest and that kind of episodic nature of like using also like stereotypes and what you are thinking before going in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also like the exploration of uh, a country when you're not from that country. Like Helen Highwater has a similar feel. Yeah. And. Also, Paris, Texas, uh, Kings of the Road, like uh, like Vin Vanders. Think of um, of Hell or High Water, actually, because it's like British. It, like, is that yeah. kind of? Uh, oh, I didn't really think about that. That he's not actually American. That is like this uh, weird like, examination. The because it's an outsider yeah. view, yeah. But also that it feels like an outsider view. So it's a it's the vision of the America that they think exists, but it's not from any pure experience of it you know mm. and i think apart it is for the benefit of the movie like i said that it's not something that i would hold to the movie per se you know against the movie because like Paris Texas is one of my favorite movies and it's clearly a film made by a german director mm. about america it's not it has a similar dream like yeah. quality as well but I also think. like the, the kind of uh the movie's set in a different world than our own even though it's shot in a very verite fashion yeah that it is set in the world that andre arnold believes america is so everything is very heightened either you're very rich or very poor or like insanely middle class and christian you know there's no <laughs> real gray zones in it and i, th I think that it's what kind of held back the film from being great because like encounter by encounter the movie is great mm. but on the combination of it all like because the encounters as well they always go somewhere that you don't think they're gonna go for example when uh, uh when star goes gets paid to have the sector encounter with the guy mm. you think he's gonna be mean to her he you think that he's gonna like push himself on her when she won't have sex with him or uh, what's give him so a funny about stuff. that like, he's like very kind to her in a way he's like a lonely person you know yeah and even the way that he says like people are gonna take advantage of you this way at least you're getting something out of it kind of thing yeah it's funny at the least... second time i watched it where i felt much less comfortable about that scene and the, no like the way... didn't you... no but it's, yeah. it's it became even a bit more kind of it's the fact that he says he gives him like himself the strange out almost of like saying that um i don't think it's that that you know that you, you feel comfortable watching it or whatever but that like uh, the way he says, like, you know, of I know, of, you know, a dozen guys where they would just have, you know, get you drunk and fuck you anyways. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, be oh, yeah, grateful, like you know. It's seedy and horrible, but as well, like, it's not that... It doesn't go where you think it, it's going yeah, to. Yeah, it's the know? same as, uh, like, it, there's always this tension that, that something truly bad is going to happen when nothing happens, like, truly bad happens in the movie. And I appreciated that in the movie. It's yeah. one of my favorite things in the movie. But I think that because individually the scenes don't seem they deal a lot with stereotype and like narratively it goes somewhere that you don't think it's gonna go mm. but what it's saying is confirming the stereotype you know rich texan guys are assholes with the the hats you know the trucker guy with the heart of gold the cowboys were assholes no like though. the the way that the film presents is that you're just waiting for the moment for them to like pounce on her there's like a tension that she's not worried about it but it's directed in a way even the looks and having 
the great Will Patton as the the serious one. And Peter Mo- Peter Mullen like out of nowhere like doing the thing. It was like like I was just waiting where Shia LaBeouf pushes Will Patton in the swimming pool. I was just waiting for him to go, Do you want a war? I'll give you a war. That's fucking Will Patton. Which, like, oh my god was, he's not even in the cast list yeah, it was hilarious. hugely distracting oh my and god. also Peter Mullen is the other guy and then like a completely unknown as the third guy and I was yeah. like who's the third guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I did not even notice that to be honest like they both the three of them looked so similar that yeah. I didn't even really and because this whole movie is populated by unknowns yeah. that I was not expecting to see another actor yeah. you know what I mean so I just didn't even really sort of clock their faces so I had that uh, that that issue that even the, like something like that scene is played out beautifully. You know the tension is rising and then Shia LaBeouf appears and yeah. like uh, goes on. But that's what I'm saying that it, like individually the moments work, but when you get it all together, is that like of course when she goes to the poor home, there's gonna be like the mother's gonna be a meth head yeah. or a product addict. Of course when they, they go to like the rich parts, they're really Christian but assholes to them and like but not like assholes in the the way of like kicking you out of your house is that condescension that yeah, it's like yeah, oh yeah. I want to do law or whatever it's like very like there was individually the moment sur- surprised me and I realized that as the movie went on I was getting surprised anymore because I caught on on the trick of like the switch and bait that you're expecting for something to happen and something else happens. Yeah. And then when you start okay I'm not gonna expect anything to happen now I'm just gonna go with the flow of the movie. Because it breaks that narrative, uh, like, crutch that you as an audience member usually use. The same way that, like, sometimes you're watching a movie and you can fucking s- write the next line of dialogue and it comes out that way. Because movies are written same way, pretty much. So this way, like, I was surprised by that. But, like, underneath it all, there was no surprises in the actual, uh, like, what the filmmaker is telling us, you know? Mm. The, and I thought that the, the, like it's not a back-breaking issue it's that like it's one of those movies I, I, I'm not as pissed off or disappointed you know how I sometimes yeah. get but I think it's a movie that if it had gotten a it's weird because it's very very brave in many ways but then it like it remains throughout the movie the same movie from the beginning it doesn't have especially for a three-hour movie it felt like a road trip that took over like the two weeks or whatever. But like, I don't think that like start changed, but not in the sense of like, I didn't feel like after watching it, that it's like, I've changed watching this movie. Like mm. a great long movie does, you know, that you're like, you take almost like a deep breath and you're like, oh, like I've been in a journey, you know, like the, and because you have that time with the character that you you can't almost reconciliate the character from the beginning of the movie to the character at the end of the movie mm. and then this like or the world of the movie or whichever and in this i thought that it was like oh she just experienced more shitty things and she's grown up a bit but considering as well how shitty her life was before this Mm. and like her mom dying of a meth overdose and how her dad treats her or whatever is that like everything bad that happens to her is not as bad as what came before mm. you know what i mean i think that that was overplayed as well and i think it's an issue with the with the movie at the beginning that the beginning yeah the, i think that they needed enough uh, for start to like just to be the catalyst for her to be able to leave and roll with the punches as she does in the movie mm. but nothing truly bad happens to her in the way that it happened to her in the previous 18 or 19 years of her life before this moment or 17 years you know mm. so it's like okay it's a tough break like heartbreak is never easy and stuff and it's a messy situation that she's in etc but it's not like as bad as it what came before you know what she's describing even what the other kids are going through Mm. i think for me the the scene that um at the beginning that doesn't quite work for me even as the film goes on as you can think back to it is when she goes to the mother of the kids yeah the the step her stepmom yeah yeah. and the woman is just completely you know there's no she's just like yeah i'm gonna take you know it's like it's almost too far it's like I completely believe, and I think with like, like the scene with the dad is like, and like the scene with the kids and everything. Um, um, I I completely like I completely believed in that, but then yeah. never, and then the fact that Star even that Star leaves that Star leaves them, yeah, as well. I didn't quite. It's 
it didn't quite work for me but then whenever like because he basically is immediately then on the bus it kind of like and the movie just keeps on going that it, you're still brought along with it but like the fact of her I, you know and even then whenever you see her later it doesn't quite whenever she like buys the groceries for the kids and everything it doesn't quite it doesn't quite hold together for me I think yeah. but I think what you get from this um on a rewatch, um, particularly in, in regards to kind of like the idea of like America and everything is, um, I think it is kind of true about the subverting, like that they are kind of still stereotypes and everything. And um, I do really love that scene with the cowboys though, because I think that we're given much more into star and as yeah. well up until that point, you know, she's been kind of annoying you, you know what I mean? Like, even though she's, it's understandable her behavior, she's still like, you know, just a little bit irritating. And then once she goes off with them, you really get much more of a kind of an idea of who she is and why she makes decisions the way she does. And um, I really, really love that scene. But on the second watch, um, you get a lot more of um, the kind of the world around. So you the... miss Will Patton twice then. Yeah. Yes, obviously. No, it's like three times. I think I've seen this movie like two and a half times. So I don't really know how much to miss them all those times. But I think it's because you're so concentrating on her in those scenes that you're not even really thinking about them. They are just kind of like these sort of avatars almost. Um, but... Directed by James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Stetsons. Um, but the, you see, you start to notice much more of, like, first of all, the kids themselves. They become much more identifiable when you see it the second time around. You get more of kind of like who those people are. But also the kind of the world around this little group of kids that every so often the camera kind of drifts off to show you and like um particularly kind of in like the people that are also staying in the motels and like the kids that you see and like you get just these very small little glimpses into the to the world around this little bubble of like you know bacchanalia that's like driving around the country and like um i think that there's a a richness there that definitely so like that you you start to notice more and more um the second watching um I'm just thinking about stereotypes. Like, I think one of my favorite favorite scenes is um, whenever she goes off with the trucker. Yeah. Um, and they start fucking playing the suicide uh, suicide cover, Bruce Springsteen's uh, cover of the suicide song, uh, Dream Baby Dream. Yeah. Like when they're in the truck singing yeah. it. I love that song. The the like. I, the, yeah, the song song is obviously brilliant, but I think that like that guy is just. Oh yeah, he's phenomenal. And I think that that scene is better because it much quicker dissolves out of of where of tension where you're you're worrying about her very quite quickly, which I preferred because there are a few scenes where Star through just sheer naivety and that thing of being young and thinking that like you know a nothing that's bad that's happened to me like nothing worse could possibly happen than that's already happened and then also that you know oh i can handle myself kind of thing of where she just brazenly goes off like through showing off and like oh well i can make my own money kind of thing um and there's quite a number of those scenes but in that one it it's so quickly that you get such a full sense of this guy and what he is and what he says about his daughter and the photographs and everything and um, I just I really really love that scene. I think it's... yeah, he's a great actor, like yeah. great performance. Like I, I don't think I think it's another non-actor. Yeah, um, he it get you get yeah. that vibe from him, and I it's think. A, a great performance uh, there as well. And obviously the the song is amazing. And yeah, like I, I think as well, like that moment even more morphed even more because of the song because i not only i love the song but the music video for the song is so beautiful yeah it's an interesting choice i think as a bruce yeah. springsteen as, as well because obviously like you know <laughs> is america you know what i mean it's yeah. it's it's all it's always going to be very evocative but it's an interesting choice of that song rather than like other particular songs of his uh but i just i really really love that that moment is great and then it's like i, I really like the moment afterwards this weird shot that she realizes that the it, he's taking cattle to a slaughterhouse and then she falls on a yeah. like little lake of blood and the so the gross. edge of the, the the of the of the highway uh, which is disgusting yes. uh, but um at the same time it's like um like uh, i'm gonna the best thing about this movie is riley kill I fucking Crystal really, really is like unbelievable. Her. I really like, like that her. Scene. And she's in Logan Lucky as well. Yeah. And she's fucking brilliant. Yeah. She is so good. 
But like in this, when uh, uh, she is just sitting there with the Confederate flag. Oh my god! Uh, it's still got the bikinis, tag on yeah. as well, uh. and she's clearly just like, yeah. And you're like, oh, it's it's like some of the art department of this is like really quite like the choices of the clothes that they're wearing, and like hers in particular, like she is. She has one of like she really in like this role where she's only given a few kind of key scenes, but um like she's quite menacing and and y- y- like but she just has this face like whenever she first answers the door um whenever Sky's supposed to go at like half seven in the morning or whatever and she answers the door and it's the way she just kind of like she, you know she has a kind of a thing where she just kind of like sets herself as she looks at you and it's just her face is on and her eyes like her face is it reminds me of like uh anthony hopkins saying that he like studied a jaguar or something for for hannibal like she has like an animalistic presence yeah like almost as she's stalking people as she's walking and yeah she has it's the way she kind of holds herself as well that she she is constantly kind of just sort of swinging around you almost you know like but with her body and with her eyes and she is really like she is quite menacing like in this movie but i think she does something kind of different yeah the character is so underwritten and it's amazing that she's able to make it like 99 percent of actors would have tried either to go very big yeah. or very small or something or make them worked. really different or whatever the fuck and it wouldn't be memorable whatsoever it would be just another big performance you know be yeah. like Gary Oldman in fucking True Romance <laughs> like you know it's just With like the, the drug dealer or whatever yeah. the fuck it's like and it's Gary Oldman and it's completely forgettable like the only reason that I remember is that is because that it's fucking... Gary Oldman with yeah, dreads yeah and it's, he has the stupid scar and everything yeah. as well and like and that whole scene where he eats the Chinese food um so like I, I think she's great in that and I think it would have been easier to like really easy to you to make that character uninteresting and she makes the character purely by her performance because she doesn't get a lot of help from the screenplay yeah. which is the other issue that I have with the movie which is the screenplay there are a few lines in this that uh that don't quite and on a second watch where you're kind of waiting for them you're a little bit like oh. and like one of them is the whole thing about you know dreams and and because it's funny that what she what like she actually says is is interesting and it's what that it kind of made me think of um of scarecrow and how how small their dreams are you know what i mean because what isn't scarecrow they just want to go to denver and like open a car wash yeah you know what i mean it's like that that and like that that is the dream they want to go to pittsburgh oh pittsburgh and they end up in denver there we go and uh and yeah stanford was in there somewhere um and how it's kind of just a a a note that is kind of funny how when we watched it you didn't take too much to scarecrow but you keep mentioning bringing it up again and again yeah but you're you were more like because of Pacino's performance but when you're talking about it it's really yeah. about the themes and everything it's a film that it seems that you you keep thinking about because you keep mentioning it like I'm not complaining I'm just no, saying that I it's just, interesting like, how well no I'm just how like how that happens sometimes that you might not really enjoy it on the first watch but like it just stays with you yeah well like the theme of that I find really interesting and like obviously there were more things I think it was more that we ended up kind of um uh talking more about my dislike of um what do you call him's character Jean Hackman yeah Jean Hackman uh more than anything else but I think that this these the two films are are definitely comparable and you know how we like to compare to things we've talked about before I, I'm doing it for the listeners Ricardo uh, <laughs> but uh and yeah just like the whole the whole thing of 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 kind of like how limited her dreams are and I think it's interesting in the context of, of this film and those particular kids because that's kind of what the film is for these kids if you know what i mean like the the journey that the kids in the film are going on yeah. and how like this opportunity to see america and everything you kind of feel that for a lot of these kids that's what this film is and getting having the opportunity to work on this film getting to see maybe parts of america oh, yeah, like the- you know like that and like that so whenever whenever he asks her the question and then she asks you the booth it seems sort of forced it seems because it doesn't feel like something anyone in this film would say. You know what I mean? It feels... Yeah, but at the same time, like, my issue with the script is not that line by line. First of all, let me just preface to, like... Just to go back to a previous comment of mine that I said that there's, like... There's a lot of cliche in this movie. And I think it was highlighted mainly because 
uh, within the little ecosystem of the of the van or like this microcosm of America that is in that van. Yeah. There's no cliches there. Mm. There's no stereotypes. So when they go out, you know, like to talk to these other people, even though they're non-actors as well, they're clearly playing a stereotype. Mm. While the kids are very unique and distinctive, even on the first watch that you mentioned. What are the, the particular time. stereotypes in the outside world that you didn't? Well, like it's uh, pretty much every time that they meet anybody, it's like they surprise you narratively, but not personally. Every time that they go to a house, mm. every time that they meet anybody outside that little world of them. It is not a it's a, the idea of a human being rather than a human being. Because even the trucker, the, I love that scene, okay? Mm. But he's like the old trucker with the love of, heart of gold that is like a cliche in like road movies and a cliche in books as well that is like, oh, let me, t- the, I'm lonely on the road, just making it work so my daughter could go to school, paying for her college, etc. Mm. I married her off and it's like- I married her off. I walked her down the yeah. aisle. <laughs> not the same thing i i i, I <laughs> sacrifice my life for th- that person you know like that kind of like pure springs thing why that it works in that moment that mm. is like the the celebration of the salt of the earth character of american blue collar workers but i think that uh, individually that's the, why individually they work because they weren't like so cliche the were a sticking point mm. but there was no look uh, underneath the that cliche you know it's like rich texan guys with like hats or whatever like cowboy modern cowboy guys you know driving a convertible they're fucking seedy they're weird they're cool they're fucking like hiding from their wives and just drinking and and like because they don't know what to do with their money you know mm. okay that's it right then it's like the christians that is like oh I want to be Christian. It's a, it's like everything I think is you're like one that there. saves that scene because I think the the girls are too much. Yeah, you know what I mean. It made even me like think the about girl that is dancing to Shia LaBeouf singing "Dream Baby Dream." Yeah, or like it's literally every time, like even uh, in the supermarket, how people react to them in the supermarket. You know how like the. The, you felt like that was stereotypical. No, not stereotypical, but like there wasn't, there's no moment of surprise in this movie. In the when it's outside the microcosm of the of the van, yeah, like character wise, like for example, like if it could be like this, everything happens the same in the supermarket. I'm not saying that like it would, that's not realistic either. Mm. But you know, like if the song is playing and they're just having fun, they're not even causing damage, they're not robbing, whatever. That like maybe somebody else from the like people start joining in or something, having fun. You know, like uh, kind of not saying the, girl that wasn't a road country at all. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but like I'm not saying that moment per se like mm. in i wouldn't yeah, do it I in know, that moment I but know it's, what you that mean, it's yeah. like everything is exactly like when she goes to the 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 house with the poor people it's like okay the, they're gonna be like clearly left behind etc the mother's like thrown in the sofa their dad is far away so i think what would have saved that scene is that if you never saw the mother yeah but that, that's the thing yeah that because then there's the little mystery the kids are brilliant yeah and that's the thing that individually all these moments work beautifully and then the the problem with the script that i think that that's one of the problems with the script that you don't get any surprises throughout and you have three hours to do, like plant seeds and develop mm. and the moment that they uh like structurally wise structure wise i think that they uh commit too much time to the repetition of the why they can't be together between Jake and Star mm. and how attracted they are, etc. That is wasted when you have also all these other people around that are equally interesting mm. and not given the yeah, I, I feel and like they're equal part of her life on the road, yeah, because they're she's able to portray very well. And the movie in those moments portrayed that they're friends, but you never get a sense of those kids really I, like beyond was, the superficial level. When I was watching it this time, I yeah, it felt like 
even though they seem really real, what this film is really missing is her relationship to any of the others. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you, even if it's one mate, like yeah. the, the the blonde girl, the like for the fact that I don't remember any of their names. Mm. Uh, like, like the the girl that she gives the the necklace that they have one moment that is really good conversation that she says about Jake to uh, having done exactly the same to her, mm. like giving the thing. It's like that moment. Yes, more of that. Yeah, that's what I really thought that the film needed. I think that's why Sheila Booth kind of annoyed me as well because I feel like his interest ran out more before, like very quickly, and you just get more and more of his his time more and more time with him and like whenever he disappears the first time i was like oh you know thank god because he he ran his course i think like because at that point he's only or no when does he actually disappear like fairly late into yeah the movie, like. like it's because you know he's he's gone the second time where he beats the crap out of the guy at the oil field and you're like oh and he goes mad and everything and then he runs off and you're like okay good and then whenever he finally comes back at the end i was just like no you're not as interesting as the other people you know like the at the beginning it's it's interesting because like i don't have any problem with sheila booth but i think he does fit in with the other kids very well but he isn't as interesting by that point because you've already you know what he's yeah. about you know what he's about you know what he has in relation to her and she's still interesting and you want her and in relation to the other people so i totally i totally get what you mean and also like considering the end that it's like the camera panning and it's everybody dancing and having fun and whatever and it's like yeah there's 20 people here and the only three people arc that i know is like well, Riley Keough doesn't have an arc in this movie. Mm. She's just great in it. So it's like, okay, Crystal is Crystal. Crystal be Crystal. <laughs> and then like you have Jake and then you have Star. Crystal be Crystal. And also considering that neither Jake or Star go that far from who they were in the beginning of the movie. It's just that things have gone through. But as well, like it is part of the point of the movie that is like uh, a journey circle. kind of thing that nothing really changes. But... Same time is, it's a missed opportunity with like because you have all these other people dancing or whatever and you have no idea who they are like mm. you don't know how they relate truly to each other because it's it, like in group dynamic yeah but it's like one moment or two little moments they have that it's like oh th- 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 it's ha- like they have a life outside the world of the movie you mm. know like when the guy's playing the song for uh, the girl for I the, her love birthday that scene. And, it's like, and he's so good and it's like oh i love that scene and it's <laughs> almost like andre arno didn't have the power of her convictions to realize that she didn't need to put as much plot in this movie as there is yeah because like I think that if it was like purely a road movie without like yeah, trying it, to it do the arcs, yeah. it doesn't do one or the other well. That, that's what I mean about the arc is that I don't need her arc to have like a beginning, middle and end. And yeah. I don't need his arc to have a beginning, middle and end. But Andrea Arnold set out to do a beginning, middle and end of their arc. And considering that that's not that well executed, it's like... I much would have preferred that it's like just literally vignettes of their journeys together, and then like sometimes coming in and coming out. Yeah, yeah, that it could have been even less plot driven. Yeah, and that the whole thing of uh, of um, with the poetry and everything. Even though I did love the Japanese. Well, yeah, but the whole thing of like the notebook getting ripped up and everything almost felt like too much plot for the film. Yeah, like that is like the the smallest plot device ever, and it's like too much (laughs) plot. Yeah, it's precisely that. Yeah, uh, and. That's I think thing. I think you're right that so then whenever like the really <clears throat> like movie bit where Sheila both beats the crap out of the guy and he's like storming around the house and everything and it just it felt it felt like a movie yeah moment not like everything else around like that 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 house and everything and the location and everything about it is so interesting. Oh, the scene and, with the bear, I'd be like crapping yeah. my pants oh so my bad, like uh, twenty inches of underwear. <laughs> like uh, I'd be. For one, probably like standing still because I'd be like petrified. I'd be like a statue for the rest of my life. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> people who come from all over the world to see the great statue see. man. Yeah, <laughs> throw brother, coins at him; he won't flinch. My brother would just like put me in a in a wheelie bin and then drive me to Grafton Street, so people think that I'm like the greatest busker of all time. Yeah. <laughs> dress you just you can just be suarez yeah oh yeah they just put me in the wax museum put you beside that weird bust of um ronaldo and um 
but also like in the in that scene it, it, that's the thing is that Shia g- gives like a, a really good performance I think it's just that like uh, screenwriting wise it's a uh, like you said that is you want less of him yeah but if you want more of him it's like make him like be there and just be like part of the group uh be a point in the movie yeah like, and constantly going off alone with yeah. her where because their scenes only have so much interest because yeah. he you know what i mean he only holds so much interest and you want her to relate to more of, of the other characters um yeah i, I do agree with that and i didn't i like the more you say about that, like it, it is that in the relation to like the arc idea that it just doesn't quite, um, it doesn't quite work. But at the same time, it's really nice to see him play with as much energy as he used to do as a child <laughs> actor because he was great in Holes and like yeah. the greatest oh game God, ever I played. Holes. And and anytime people talking about him and like you know he's the strange child actor or whatever, I was like, no, but he was so good in Holes. I remember I had the book of that as well. And that was a really interesting film. Like he was but... good in Disturbia as well. Ah, and... that's like not a good movie at all, but. Yeah. He's hey, really good in this. It has fucking what's his face? Uh, the, oh, who plays the bad guy? Uh, fucking David Morse. Is it? Yeah. God, I haven't seen. It. I saw that once. Whenever the bus that I get home today, all shout out to McGinley's. Uh, every so often, we go through a phase of showing movies on the bus because it's like four and a half hours, and uh, mostly they were terrible and incredibly inappropriate to put on a bus that often had children on it. And one of them was Disturbia. Um, they put on the Passion of the Christ once as well, which was a, a, a was real Easter Sunday high point. <laughs> was Easter Sunday. Um, oh yeah, uh, just another thing that I wanted to briefly touch upon. Uh, I, I was weirdly disappointed with the cinematography of the movie. Considered, oh, really? uh, like I, I think, don't get me wrong, it has like a lot of picturesque moments and stuff, but there, there are times that the they're doing like the verite thing for the fucking sake of doing verite instead of like a moment that it should have cut. Yeah. You know? It's like, for example, the the various moments in the movie it happens is not something hugely distracting. I still think that cinematography is for the most part really, really good. Mm. But there are moments that it takes you out of the moment like uh, when... Uh, Shalabov is chasing her down the road and it's kind of like panning around and then the camera is following them down and he grabs her yeah, like when they're like in the front lawn of this house and he catches her and they fall on the ground and they start kissing mm. it's like all well and good love the cinematography very like kinetic or whatever and the camera goes down like right next to them mm. and then you realize that Robbie realized that he's in the he's giving a bad frame so you can see, like, see him getting up. And oh no, the that's it's not it's not that scene. It's and the two, and the lovemaking scene also Does it happen happens. Twice? Yeah, it happens oh. twice. And it happens in other moments as well that you can see, like a reframe for the mm. sake of a reframe that you realize that the frame is incorrect, mm. and because they're just doing it like a very take or one take or whatever, it's like I would have preferred if they did another take and he would realize, okay, I mm. just had to go a little bit further or so because. Or it else just feel, leave the camera yeah. there. Because if Like, feels, go the whole way with it. You know what I mean? Like, because the movement is not even, like... Because it's so, like, handheld, mm. let's say. Is that you can but see, like, his knee up, getting one of his knee. It's a pick-up yeah. movement. You can feel it. It's yeah. not, like, the kind of, like, just general... Yeah. Like, kinetic is the right word of, like, of the movement of handheld. It's it's a, it's a very deliberate lifting the handle of the yeah. camera and moving. Yeah, and I, feel, like, I you, know what you mean. You yeah. feel the crew behind the camera Going, at the what? moment. Yeah. <laughs> and... Like probably people, like, I think the people that are not filmmakers might uh, find it not as obtrusive as I did. I but... think you're probably you're probably right because I think for a lot of the, I obviously like the fact that this is um fucking four by three as well is obviously part of that. But um um I and I did love the the use of the aspect ratio as well. Like, yeah, I think it is it is one of those. It's the kind of thing where it'll take me a moment to get into it. Like, particularly with that style of camera work, it always takes me a good 10 minutes to really get into it because yeah. I notice these things so much that, you know what I mean? And you think about the process of making it, particularly on like a second or third watch as well. Like, you're really, really aware of exactly how they were making this. But uh, no, I, I do agree with you that like, there, is, there are a few moments where you understand why. And like, because a lot of the time, um things like refocusing and stuff is done quite smoothly yeah um and really quite like 
where it doesn't feel it's not done too cleanly it's it's yeah. just the right amount of of like veritanus let's because say. the editing is brilliant it oh just yeah has that, a really I, good flow. that was the other thing i wanted to say actually that the flow is great and some of their transitions are really quite wonderful as well um of just like often with like very very you know like cutting out between the music and yeah. like some very very interesting match cuts and like cuts between like um from like blue skies to like darkness and it, it's really very i think very very well put together but then it, there's also a lot of, uh, for example, just to to get back on the cliche thing, because I remember the moment, exact moment that I realized that mm. this movie was like very, not very shallow, but more shallow than it's like setting Set, itself yeah, to be, yeah. is when Shia Buff and Sasha Lane are on the roof of the car, like of the... Like if they were in the roof of a limousine, like sitting on the ba- in the f- uh, the roof window of the van, that they get out in one moment and they're sitting next to each other, and it's like the cliche kind of Vega shot of like come off really far back yeah. of the limousine. They're going through one of the towns or whatever when they're like still having like kissed or whatever. I do not remember this shot. And. Like, I'll show you later in the movie. Like, it's, uh, it really jumped out I'm to like, me. And did was... you have a different cut than I did? Because I have no recollection of that at all. No, it's... Because uh, it's... they're not in the van together very much at all. Cause I was yeah, like, it's one of the, the few moments that, like, at the back of the van, it's night and they're just talking for a bit. And, like, everybody else, they're, like, you know, flirting or whatever. And everybody else is, like, talking shit or whatever, like, going back to the motel. Mm. And uh, Shia LaBeouf goes up to the, to the, to the roof and... Sasha Lane follows him. Yeah, it's kind of like I have no memory of that, and I don't know if I just managed to completely miss it or what. But um, it makes me think of like that scene in um, uh, the perks of being a wallflower, and how the scene where they go through the tunnel where it's almost saved by David Bowie, but not quite. Where they're like, it just it doesn't it it just feels especially like, because they're like fucking pretending that oh, yeah, nobody yeah, knows nobody knows on. what heroes is, and this is supposed to be what like nineteen ninety or something. Yeah. You're like. Mm. But um, anyways, that that scene in the tunnel is it's a movie moment, yeah. and within that movie, it it gets away. With yeah, it because, because that's a movie. Yeah. Whereas in this, it it you know, I literally have no memory of that. That's so strange. I wonder did I just like I don't I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah, I know I know what you mean. That like um, I don't I don't think this movie is perfect, but um, it and I I do hope that you will watch it again because I'd be curious to see if if you get more from it the second yeah. time because I don't think it's quite as shallow as. As, uh, not that I think saying the word shallow sounds so negative, and I don't think you mean it quite negatively. No, either. not saying that it's um, shallow. I think it's, it's more shallow than yeah, yeah, yeah. what people have said it is. I think that the depth of it is just like in in a way like the presentation of the characters and the the empathy that Andrea Arnold has with all her characters, really. Mm. Uh, but uh, and also like the her view of America is an interesting view, uh, mm. but I think that it doesn't have the pulling power that it could have had. Like, again, I'm comparing it against great movies, but that's what you do when you are watching it, a movie that is trying to be a great movie, not just pure entertainment, Yeah, which this movie is trying to do. And if you compare this to Paris, Texas, for example, like the Paris, Texas will go in on, it's like broken people, whatever. Another film with, um, both a really interesting use of landscapes, but also yeah. um, with some very, very good soundtrack also. Yeah, mm. good old Ry Cooter. Like, obviously, music is a very big part of this, and an awful lot of the music is authentic to the child, the, the kids, but, you know, yeah. terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about trap music. Um. I like, uh, in the context, uh, this, like, there's a lot of the music, like, I, I wouldn't... In all fairness, I wouldn't sit down and listen to Rihanna like by myself. Yeah, but, like I that don't song is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect in the way that the song is perfect in um, Girlhood. In Girlhood, yeah. Band uh, It's funny because uh, I watched uh, Alice in the Cities uh, at Christmas, and uh, oh fuck, it was gonna be one of my picks in the in it? the future. Oh, sorry. but like uh, I, I didn't. Know. I was like, ah, never mind. Anyways, it's not gonna be one of my picks. Anymore. Okay, well. Obviously, it's it's great, uh, but I did actually think of this movie as well. Uh, whenever I was watching it, um, and it is a far superior movie. Yes, obviously, but you know, it, it's this. That's the thing is that this film is not 
a masterpiece and it's not quite even for what she has made before yeah. it's not quite as good as it should be but the fact that it, it manages to achieve what it does and that it I thought of it while watching something like yeah. Alice in the Cities and that we're talking about Paris Texas and you know in in the, yeah, you know, that's like, why the reason that I didn't mention it so you wouldn't go and seek it out the reason that I didn't mention Alice in the Cities when I was talking about the other Vin Van der Road movies that I said King of the Roads and Paris Texas. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. It was just a... I can't even remember why I watched Touch it. It was God. totally a random like, decision. And I was just like, oh yeah. It's another 4 by 3 Cinematography yeah. by another yeah. Robbie. That's a good point, actually. I forgot it as well. Uh... Cinematography by Robbie Muller. Yes. So it's oh, another Robert Robbie. Muller. It's not Robbie Miller. Robbie Muller. Yeah, I know, but it's not Robbie. It is Robbie. Is it? It's Robbie Muller. That's oh. the name of Vin Vendor cinematographer. I didn't know he was Robbie. Interesting. Um, right. Well, having met Robbie Ryan, he is he is a lovely man and uh, very very um, interesting. But um, he strangely looks like Jonathan Glazer, though. Oh, with the curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, maybe, maybe two two very different characters. So. <laughs> Um, so it's a uh, uh, time for favorite and least favorite things about the movie. So Orla, what's your favorite thing about the film? Probably the van, the scene, the the child, you know, the scenes in the van. I think are, are probably like it's because I just the kids are just so great and like so watchable, and like you know they they have their more their more crazy moments in there yeah. you know but it's it's when they're just in the van talking and i i just love all those scenes i would watch an entire movie just of that like three yeah. hours of that and i'd be more entertained yeah yeah i mean i think that it is the strongest strongest part of the movie and i don't at the same time i don't like there's so many other great scenes outside of of uh, not even with the kids just of like sasha's general encounters and stuff but um i think that that is that is the one really really great part of this film is is those kids and like finding them and and you know just being able to get those like that aren't even performances but like yeah. you know the way they shoot it and the way they obviously making the kids feel very comfortable that they can really be themselves and um it's just it's i really really, really there's like a it. truth to them that yeah. is very appealing to me i think um mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was <laughs> This is the way you thought that there is a truth to them. I'm turning into hers. I mean, you're right, but it's just the way you said it. I enjoyed it immensely. What was your favorite thing? Uh, Favorite thing is... In the context of the movie, it would be Riley Keogh's performance, but in the context of Cinema General, because that's just a great performance within... Mm. I I love her. I I look forward to her being in more things because she is great. But uh, I think it's... Mm. that's the thing is that it's a tough one because everything that i like about this movie is also flawed by the the, yeah because it's like cinematography is mostly the editing i'll go with the editing i think the Mm. the editing like goes along on every scene plays like both in the macro level of editing that is like the shot by shot but also the structural editing of the entire movie i think they they both work well with the material that the editor had to deal with. Like Yeah, when you think sense, of yeah. the sheer amount of footage, I would say that they had here, yeah. But also, like, I like the the idea of the sequel after Exhibit gets a hand in the van and Ricky <laughs> pimps their eyes. table in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Jacuzzi in the rims. room. <laughs> Jacuzzi in the room. And then you also always have the the scene of the of the the guy the the electrical guy complaining that there's not enough power in the batteries like exhibit like not knowing what the it fuck it doesn't a car need to is. run yeah. like <laughs> yeah and as well like the fucking thing would break down in between it like two thousand kilos of equipment in the back of the thing you think <laughs> of how much gas <laughs> such a such a like early nineties show like, you know how much uh, how much <laughs> How much uh, uh, stuff are you it? carrying? Oh, what was uh, it? Aaron Sorkin pissed take him out in um in uh Studio Sixty where it's like pimp my tricycle or something. I can't remember. It's like so bad, but like yeah, obviously it'd be like the the mo- like, Aaron Sorkin is many things, but uh, a, a, a good, skit writer he, he is not, and he cannot ever ever reference uh 
fucking popular culture work and get away with it because it just feels like oh look at me i know in Did you really music oh. in molly's game oh, there's no. a moment it only gets worse as he gets that, older that i'm there i was sitting there and uh, is there a complaint is there an old guy complaining about the internet no but there's this moment that i was sitting there and i saw the moment come as soon like two hours early in the movie because they mentioned like one thing he's like oh I'm reading The Crucible, the play. And I was like, no, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they do it. And I'm like, ah, you can't even stick to landing. But uh, <laughs> anyways, least favorite thing. Um, probably, probably Shia LaBeouf, which feels unfair. But he he's the one character that really broke, broke the the broke the the bu- burst the bubble let's say of, of how sort of like engrossed i was by the movie i feel because it, it, it most of his scenes were the really movie scenes yeah. and it it kind of it, it just brought it away from what it was um i think but I, in I saying that it it's unfair been... because he is really good and if it, yeah. he had it just had like the script was slightly better and that if he just you know if they they used his character um and and just more sparingly cut, almost because in his small doses, he's really, really great, and yeah, it, it, it was disappointing. But at the same time, like no, even the way that he sells and no, stuff, it's no quite hate riveting. For, yeah, like watching his because it's like it's half, half sharp, half desperate. You know, it's 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 fascinating because you can he's they're like beefing him up so much. <laughs> oh, I'm like oh. sorry, I laughed inside, but not in a, <laughs> not in those like a sarcastic way. You know, when you're like. Uh, that's clever you laugh in your head go like ha 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 uh, and that's what i did okay there. that's but... not great radio um... yeah yeah i know that's why i'm explaining it so otherwise... also great radio <laughs> move. look um, if i can't ramble this show doesn't exist okay that is true how else do we fill an hour um <laughs> tangents anyways um tangerine is my <laughs> Tangerine Dream. Uh, where was I going with that? I can't remember. What was I, your least favorite I, I thing? I once saw a child the size of a tangerine. <laughs> tangerine. Ricardo, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, probably the screenplay. Um, not li- like I don't think that any or that much of the dialogue was actually written to begin with. So it's not. I'm not talking about the screenplay like line by line. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. The, the actual structure of the movie. Uh, and where the characters go and what the the film is trying to say at the end, which I think it's kind of, I think the, I don't know. That's the thing is that even within the encounters the like I alluded to before, it's not that they don't work by themselves. I think that it's just that one or two different encounters should have had appeared, maybe using the time that she wasted on Shia LaBeouf. Mm. To mm, uh, it didn't have to be longer. Kind of, I don't think like yeah, it, you could have. There were There's things time that there you could to have rejig. For, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, a rejig and a, and a replace of, of certain things. But um, um, yeah, I'm glad though that, that you did like it. Um, yeah, like yeah, uh, like in no moment that it's one of those weird movies that while you're watching it, you're completely like the film was carrying you through because of the editing, the performances, mm-hmm. the characters, and whatnot. And then when the movie ends, you're like, ah, uh, wait. Uh, and then you're like why are you feeling so empty after watching a movie that you enjoy for the three hours but you're not no i yeah like but yeah i know what you mean it's it's not it doesn't give you like i don't think how long is paris texas paris texas is not like about two hours and ten minutes yeah it's not it's not that long that like 30 minutes of it is him just wandering around the desert (laughs) um oh god i love that movie um I actually, yeah, I was thinking I should have watched. I, I wanted to do like a double bow with that because I do actually have that somewhere as well. I want to buy that for my dad. Actually, my dad loves that movie. Anyways, um, I'm gonna tell you a story about two people that loved each other. Oh, no, I'm just like, it's I not a good impression. I wanna put, yeah, but fucking nobody can do a hard Dean Stanton impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, I can't wait to see his last movie. The oh, uh, yeah. directed by the Zodiac Killer. Not Ted Cruz. Uh, the, the he just killed Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> as a he, child. He daddy did. Uh, oh, a sad vampire Ted Cruz. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. 
Um, so, Orla, uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can find us on Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and on Dublin Digital Radio um, on Mondays at 11 till 12. And you can also donate to Independent Irish Radio on the Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. Next week's movie is Ricardo's pick. It is indeed. What are you picking? Tower. Has had a, a mention. I think it's uh, my first documentary. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, pretty sure you're right. Interesting. Well, consider that my next one is gonna be fucking eight hours long. Oh, so ev- eventually, up. eventually we're gonna up. get to that. Eventually we're gonna get to <laughs> many long things. Uh, <laughs> I was Orlando Pires, and I was Ricardo Di. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.